before the service, when, once service is over. And so we thank Sister Foster and Hampton University. Now let's all stand, please. We've been sitting for a little bit. Um, tell that person, no, I ain't going to do that. Just show some love to somebody. Just go ahead and show some love to somebody that's near you. Go ahead and show some love to somebody that's near you. Online, we love you. Remain standing for me, please. Ten seconds. Ten, nine. Remain standing for me, please. Five, four, three, two, one. Before we go to the word, um, as you can see, I am wearing a University of Virginia T-shirt. And I think it's important that we pause for just a second to remember the names of the three individuals, Devin Chandler, Deshaun Perry, and Lavelle Davis Jr. On a bus, coming back from Washington, D.C., where they actually saw a play on Emmett Till. As the bus pulls into the Charlottesville, they get back on campus, one of the students who was also a former student athlete, played football, stood up on the bus and randomly shot and killed three young men. Two are injured, but expected to recover, so five total. There's this spirit in our community where life has become devalued. And unless we, as children of God, take the lead in making sure that life is worth living, then what we see out there will continue to happen. And that's why it's important that we continue to show love and support for each other and be that salt and light. Two of the young men that were shot and killed were asleep. They didn't even see it coming. There's such a randomness that's happening in our society. And every day we hear it. And, and my charge to us today is that we not get numb when we hear the news. We hear it so much, but we can't get numb to it and simply say, Lord, have mercy and wash our hands. It's got to still hurt. Those are three families that are devastated over their sons. So I just want to have a quick moment of silence and word of prayer for them and just for the violence that we're seeing in our communities. Let us bow our heads.
outraged and heartbroken over the constant news that we keep hearing about our young people lives being cut short way too soon Father we come against that spirit that is pervading in our community and God we pray that somehow some way we as your children can begin and be the leaders in helping our communities to heal helping our young people to see their worth and value again and so God we pray for those three families Lord that are devastated today wrap your arms around them and not only those families but every family that's been impacted by gun violence we pray for them today in Jesus name amen thank you for that time turn your Bible please to Romans chapter 12 Romans chapter 12, verse 6 says, We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. Verse number eight. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. Before you see it, smile and look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, get up off of that thing. You may be seated. Father, now if you would please that the words of my mouth and even the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, God. You are my strength and my redeemer. Let all of God's people say amen. So as we are nearing the end of this series on spiritual gifts, I hope that by now you have started to see and understand how God has wired you how he thought of you even before you were born. That there are certain things that God put inside of you that he wants you to use. So as a quick review, for those of you who may not be familiar with the series that we're in, I want to go back to the beginning of salvation. At the moment of salvation, when you gave your heart to the Lord Jesus Christ, five things happened. First thing it was that you were granted eternal life with God the Father. You were spared from death and hell. Second is you were justified, and justification is a legal term that means that at the moment of salvation, God looked at all of your sins and declared you still and me not guilty. Somebody say, Thank you, Lord. Because the Bible says all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So all of us, by definition, are lawbreakers. All of us are deserving of a sentence of death. But because we accepted the Lord Jesus Christ dying in our place for our sins, God the Father then declared us not guilty of our charges. Not only past sins, 
but present sin, and guess what? Even the sins that we've yet to commit, he says, I've declared you not guilty. Now, that doesn't give us a right to go forward and sin, but he has declared us not guilty. Somebody say, thank you, Lord. The next thing that happened at the moment of salvation is that God gave you spiritual fruit. And these are the fruit or the qualities that every believer should be developing. Love, joy, peace, forbearance or patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. These nine qualities that lead you out of who you used to be into now who God wants you to be. But you can't get to where God wants you to be without the help of the Holy Spirit. Now, the Holy Spirit then is not just some emotional being that gets you excited when the choir starts to sing. No, the Holy Spirit also's job is to help you have peace in the midst of your storm before you lose your mind. The Holy Spirit is also to help you to love people who are unlovable. The Holy Spirit's role is also to allow you to be patient when you need something to happen right now. The Holy Spirit's role is also to give you self-control because Black Friday's coming. <laughs> and some of y'all already broke. That's the Holy Spirit's role. Not just to get you happy, but so that you can develop fruit. Then also at the moment of salvation, the Holy Spirit gives us spiritual gifts. Now, everybody has to work on the same fruit, those nine, but not everybody has the same gifts. That's how God wired you. Now, if you understand, though, number five is what you and I are responsible for. So he gave us the fruit and he gave us the gifts. And the Bible says in 2 Peter 1 and 3 that God has given us everything that we need to live a life of godliness. He gave it to us up front. So that means then that it is our responsibility to then work on and develop what God has already given us at the moment of salvation. So if you've been in church 20 years and the only scripture you know is Jesus wept, you ain't got no more joy than you did before you've been in church all your life. That's either an indictment on the church or an indictment of you because you are to develop what God has already given you. See, this is what you ought to be celebrating at the end of the year. Not that God just saved you and that you made it to the end of the year, but can you look back to the beginning of the year and say, I've grown? Can you look back and say, I got greater love now than I did at the beginning of the year. I got greater joy than I did at the beginning of the year. I got more peace. Not that the circumstance changed, but I changed. That's how you measure whether this church thing is working for you. So, therefore, um, it is our responsibility. And I believe Paul said in Philippians that we are called to work out our own salvation with fear and trembling. Which means then that God ain't going to come down and do it for you. That there are things that are inside of you that God has already put in you that God expects you to use. And one of them is spiritual gifts. So what is a spiritual gift? A spiritual gift, uh, the Greek word again is charisma. Uh, the plural form is charismata. Most of you may have more than one. But a spiritual gift is a grace gift. Not only did God save you, but God had enough grace to give you something useful. 
so that now you can be beneficial to the kingdom of God. All of us have one. If you are saved, you have at least one. And I would also add that part of the gift that God has given you helps you to understand how God has fashioned you in the body of Christ. That's why you shouldn't be looking at everybody else and what they do or not do, because they may not have the same gifts that you do. So you have to do it how God has given it to you. Every believer has at least one. And as I said before, before we even get to the gifts, spiritual fruit should come first. We should see your love and your joy and your peace before we see the fruit or the gifts that you might have. Because a lot of times people want to jump in and be enamored by the gifts, but you're still nasty. Don't nobody want to see your, your gift if you got rotten fruit? Go sit down. And so fruit comes before the gift. Now these are the ones that we've covered so far. There, there are 13 of them that we've already covered. And you can go down this list and look through this list and you can kind of see where you fall. Next slide for me, please. Thank you. So these are the ones that we've covered. Message of wisdom, that means you know how to help people walk out their salvation. Know how to apply the word. Message of knowledge, you have the ability to be able to help people see some of the deeper truths of Scripture. You see how it connects on a deeper level. There is faith, and everybody has faith, but this is a deeper level of faith. This is, I trust God no matter what. I don't care what I see. I don't care what's going on. I believe that God can do it. That's that faith that can move mountains kind of faith. Then comes healing. Healing comes in many different forms, not just physical, but he, uh, healing can come mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. And the truth of the matter is all of us before salvation come in to church broken in one of those ways. And we need healing from the stuff that we did before we met God in order to do the things of God. So you need somebody to be an agent to be a healing mechanism for you. Then miracles, these are the unexplained things that God uses us to be able to do something that we point to it and say, it can't be nothing but God that did that particular thing. Prophecy is the ability to uh, where God immediately downloads something into your spirit, a word or something that you can share with other people. It's not scripted, it's not planned, it's literally in real time where you could be sitting in church or somewhere else and God says, boop, I interrupt this broadcast. And he drops something right in your spirit that might be beneficial for somebody else. That's kind of what prophecy is. Speaking in tongues, we've already talked about that. That is known languages, but some people also have utterances. But either way, if it's a known language or an utterance, you need an interpreter when you're in corporate worship. Now, when you're at home, you can speak, and you by yourself, you can speak in every tongue you want. But when you are in the midst of others around you, then you need an interpreter because God said, let all things be done decently and what? And in order. Discernment is next. This is the ability for you to know how to read people. You understand who is really of God and who just playing games. You can see through the suit and the giving honor to God. You know deeper than that where they really stand. Helps are people who just like to assist. Put me wherever it is because I got great joy just jumping right in and offering whatever assistance is needed right then and there. Service is also the ability to meet a need. 
So service is where we got the term diacono, where we get the term deacons. So deacons are servant leaders. This is what church is. It is a servant leader role that you have. You don't just come in church and say, hey, look at me. No, you lead by serving because Jesus said that the greatest among you shall be the one who serves. Then you also have leadership. This is somebody that has the ability to really see the bigger picture, put things together, get people to get connected and rally around a particular cause, and then administration. Lord have mercy. You need people to have the gift of administration. They can actually walk out the vision. They are the ones who can put it together. They're the ones who are the organizers. They know how to get from A to B so the leader sees the vision, but the administrator is the one that plans and executes what the vision is, and you need administrators in place. So hopefully by now, you're starting to see where you may or may not be, how you may be wired. But just in case, there are a few more. We ain't got a whole lot more. <laughs> so I hope you see yourself. Because <laughs> we're getting down to the wire now. We're going to do three today. If y'all are ready, somebody say, let's go. So this first one, y'all, that we're going to do today is that all of them in Romans 12 and 8, by the way. Romans 12 and 8. There are three of them in Romans 12, verse 8. This first one, I pray that every person had his gift. This is the gift of exhortation in some of your Bibles. And in others, it is the gift of encouragement. Parakaleo is a Greek word for encouragement. It means to console, to comfort, to lift up. Lord have mercy. Do you know how important this gift is? I hope people understand how important this gift is. Do we really understand how many people come to church hurt every Sunday? And broken and they smiling, but it's really pain beyond the smile. And you ask them how they doing and they'll give you the church answer. I'm blessed and highly favored in the Lord. Fire baptized in the saints. But the truth of the matter is, they really want to tell you how they feel. But they won't tell you how they feel because they don't know how you're going to respond to what they really are feeling. So they just say, I'm blessed. Do you know how many people that might be sitting right beside you right now that had a week of hell? But they ain't going to tell you. Because we're supposed to come up in church and we're supposed to smile. And we're supposed to wave our hand. And we're supposed to simply say God is good all the time and all the time God is good. And yes, God is good all the time. But sometimes I hurt. I can say he's good, and yet I'm still struggling with some stuff. And what I have discovered is that sometimes beyond a sermon, beyond the choir, what would bless people in church is for somebody to walk up to you and just simply say, I don't know what's going on with you right now, but all I know is that the Lord told me to tell you that everything <laughs> I 
I don't know what it is, but I know who he is. Y'all excuse me. There are so many people that just want to tell the truth. They just don't know who to trust. There are so many people that come to church that just, if, if I could really tell you how I feel, I would. But I don't know what you're going to do with it after I tell you. And so I'm telling y'all, I know Paul said he wished that everybody would prophesy. That's what he said. But if it was me, I wish everybody would have the gift of encouragement. I wish that everybody had the gift of offering comfort and consolation and lifting up others. Because how many of y'all know that a word at the right time is like water in the desert? Man, how many times have somebody come to church and it wasn't from the pulpit and it wasn't the choir, but somebody just hugged you and somebody just whispered in your ear, God's got you, baby. You just hold on to... I'm trying to tell y'all this is the gift. And, and just let me mess with y'all for a moment. I need to show y'all something. I need to show y'all something. Turn to your Bible real quick to Acts chapter 4. I want, I want to show y'all something. It, it, it blew me away. Um, and, and I want to show y'all something real quick. Acts chapter 4 and, and verse number 36. Right? Um, if y'all got to say let's go. If y'all don't have it, what you do? Look on the screen from which cometh my help. <laughs> Joseph, a Levite from Cyprus, whom the apostles called Barnabas, which means son of encouragement. Let me read that again, Deacon Bell. Joseph, who is from Cyprus, a Levite from Cyprus, whom the apostles call Barnabas. Y'all ready for this? Most of the time when we look at Barnabas, most people thought that Barnabas was his real name. Barnabas was not his real name. Joseph was his real name. But because he encouraged people so much, because every time he was around others, he offered hope and support and, and blessed people. The Bible says in verse 36, the apostles changed his name and called him Barnabas. You see, y'all can identify with this. Because there are some people in your family that's got nicknames you don't know their real name. You know who Stank is. <laughs> um. <laughs> hey, is Stank here? Yeah, he right over there. Um, is Demetrius here? Who? 
Demetrius. Demetrius Jenkins. Who? Is Stank here? Oh, you mean Stank? Oh, yeah. You know right now there's some people in your family, you don't know their real name. But I'm trying to tell y'all, this is what it was with Barnabas, that his gift, y'all, his gift was so significant that nobody called him by his real name. And what this got me to thinking of is, wouldn't it be something that you were walking in your gift so well that we don't even call you by your name? We call you by your gift. Come over here, healing. Come over here, faith. Come over here, administrator. Come over here, leader, that you walking in your gift so much that the people in the church say, we can't call you by that because that, that ain't what you do. You are the son of encouragement that what I do literally speaks to who I am. And that's my prayer. I pray that we have some Barnabases up in here. I pray that I can stop calling you by your government name and call you by your spirit gift name. And I'm just telling y'all, encouragement is one that is needed. So the first gift that we're covering today is encouragement. Somebody say encouragement. The second one also found in Romans 12 and 8 is one that makes people a little nervous. It's giving. Anytime you say the word giving in church, people get real nervous. Oh, Lord. He about to talk about money. The Greek word for giving is metademona. And it means to freely share what you have with others. <laughs> Most times people think of giving in terms of financial. And it is true that in church, most of the time, the effort or the thought of giving in church is linked to finances. But that's not telling the whole story. People who have the gift of giving freely share whatever they have because they understand the blessing that comes back to them. These are the people that, you know, share their car, they share their home, they share their finances, they give you the shirt off their back, they share anything, and they cheerfully do it because they take great pride in that. Now, all of us are called to give. And there's one main reason why we struggle with giving, whether it's money or time or your gift or whatever it is. There's one main reason why we struggle with giving. It's selfishness. If your heart ain't in it to do it even if you got it you ain't gonna do it you see this is what I need y'all to understand um, giving isn't 
obligatory. It isn't forced. So God doesn't want you to give anything, whether it's money or your time or whatever it is, because he's forcing you to do it. He wants whatever it is that you do, you do it because you choose to do it and you love God. Who wants to be in a relationship where it's forced for y'all to go out to the movies? Who wants to be in a relationship where it's forced on the other person for y'all to go to dinner? Hey, babe, can we go out to dinner? Lord, have mercy. <laughs> Didn't you just eat? Come on, let's go. <laughs> Who want to be with somebody like that? But you do want to be with somebody that come to you and say, babe, I've been thinking about you all day. And I thought about this spot we could go to. I looked it up. And I already know what you like to eat. And most importantly, I'm picking up the tab. Let's go. Where we going? Where we going? <laughs> What's the difference between the two? The second one was it was in my heart to do it. Y'all understand what I'm saying to y'all? And so I want to give y'all a principle. And Minister Ludi, you said it earlier today, but um, so it's confirmation that you spoke on this. But I'm gonna I'm gonna unpack it just a little bit more. Uh, turn your Bible real quick to Luke chapter six. Luke chapter six, verse thirty-eight. And again, you can look on the screen for time. Um, this is what Jesus said. See, everybody in here wants to be blessed. Most people come to church for that reason. You want to be blessed, right? Here's what Jesus said. Jesus said in Luke 6, 38, he said, give, and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together. Here's the best part. And running over will be poured into your lap. Here it is, y'all. Y'all ready for this? This is the part where y'all don't be shouting, though. For with the same measure you use it, it will be measured to you. So let, let me help y'all unpack that for a minute. See, because here's what the people who have the gift of giving understand. The first word in that verse is give. See, most of the time, we come to church to receive. We come to get first, and then we give. But it don't work that way in the kingdom. It worked that way in the world. What works in the kingdom is you release first what you have. And when you release first what you have and you give it to him, he gives it back to you. And when he gives it back to you, he gives it back better than how you gave it to him. See, y'all don't understand what I'm saying here. See, this is how you got to operate in the kingdom. See, because when you stay stingy, you can't release what you're going to get back. You only keep what you have. 
Come here, little boy. Jesus is with the 5,000. He told them, sit down. The disciples are like, how are we going to eat? Ain't enough things out here. He said, what you got? Somebody found a little boy. Two fish. Five loaves. Jesus said what? Give it to me. They didn't have much. But what they had, they gave it to Jesus. Jesus took it. He blessed it. He broke it. He gave it around. And he fed the 5,000 with two fish and five loaves. And if that ain't the best part, the Bible says they had enough baskets. Y'all don't want to hear the Bible today. They had enough baskets that were full to feed the 12 that was already feeding the 5,000. You see, if you want to be blessed by God, it don't start with God first. It starts with you. Give, and it shall be given. Good measure, pressed down, shaking together, running over. Even a farmer understands this, y'all. A farmer doesn't put in two seeds and expect a bumper crop. A farmer understands if I want a large crop, I got to put in a large seed. And what we have done in the church is that we come with the expectation that God's going to move first. And you walking around mad because you got the same stuff. And God said, as soon as you're willing to take out of your hand what you got. Because you got two choices. You can give me what's in your hand or you can keep what's in your hand and that's all you got. Or you can release what's in your hand and I'll give back to you more than what you gave me. So um, I'm just going to say this. Don't be mad at the people who have the gift of giving. You know why? Because they ain't going to never lack. They ain't going to never lack. Because every example in scripture where they gave it, they got it back. So if you don't have it, start with looking at your heart and asking, why ain't I giving it? That's number two. First one is encouragement. Second one is giving. Give and it shall be given. Jesus said at the end of that verse, for with the same measure you use, it's going to come back to you. Now, here's the only thing I will say about money. How are you going to expect a $100 blessing given $2? <sighs> you you mad at God because you want a hundred dollar blessing and you gave two. Hmm. Now if two is all you had, 
That's a different story. Because there was a story in Scripture where Jesus was watching the offering. And he saw large, he saw Pharisees and people giving a whole bunch of money because they could do it. But then there was this one lady who all she had was two mites. And she put it in. Jesus stopped the offering line. He's like, that's it. He said, this woman right here gave more than everybody else. Because she gave out of what she had left. Everybody else giving a show. They got extra to spare. But she gave out of what she had left. And she got called out because she gave. And guess what? Jesus made sure he took care of her. I'm just trying to tell y'all. All right. So we've done two. First one was encouragement. Right? The second one was giving. And the last one is mercy. The gift of mercy. Now, I got I to gotta help you all understand this one real quick. In Romans 12 and 8, it says, you are to show mercy. There is a difference between having mercy and showing mercy. Most of the time when we say, Lord, we say, Lord, have mercy. And we know that mercy and grace are connected. You know, y'all going to give it to me. Grace is unmerited favor. And mercy is you don't get what you deserve. But the gift of mercy, put it back on the screen, they need to see it, is having compassion for people who are in serious need. You know why? Because you know it easily could have been me. I have compassion for people who are hurting because I know what that's like. I got compassion and empathy for people who are in need because I remember when I didn't have food to eat. I remember when the bills were, pay, were, were coming through and I didn't know what I was going to do. So how dare we get amnesia when we get what we want? All of a sudden, you can't remember. You was parking your car down the street. Asking your boy, can I use your garage? Y'all know why. Because the repo man was coming. And so, I got to read this to you and I'm done. I got to read this to you. This is back in Luke. Um, and it's a familiar story, but I want to read it to you as Jesus shares it. Um, and then we'll be out of here. Luke 10, 25. I know I'm giving y'all a lot of scripture today, but it's the word. It's what you need. Luke 10, 25 says, on one occasion, an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus is a bad boy. He didn't answer the question. He, he asked him a question. He said, what's written in the Bible? He replied, how do you read it? 
The man answered, love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your strength, all your mind. Love your neighbor as yourself. You have answered correctly. Jesus replied, do this and you will live. But again, the guy tried to trick Jesus, right? So in verse 29, he said, but he wanted to justify himself. So he asked Jesus, and who is my neighbor? So if I'm to love God and love my neighbor, then who's my neighbor, he's asking. Again, Jesus doesn't even give a straight answer. This is what he says. In reply, Jesus said, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho. When he was attacked by robbers, they stripped him of his clothes, beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. A priest, church leader, happened to be going down the same road when he saw the man pass on the other side. So too a Levite, those are the worshipers, when he came to the place and saw him pass on the other side, but a Samaritan, as he traveled, came where the man was, and when he saw him, he took pity on him. He went to him, bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he put the man on his own donkey, brought him to an inn, took care of him. The next day, he took out two denarii and gave to the innkeeper, look after him, he said, and when I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expense you may have. Then Jesus said, which of these? do you think was the neighbor to the man who fell in the hands of robbers? Look what the answer is, y'all. The expert in the law said, the one who had mercy. Jesus said, yep. Go and do likewise. <laughs> y'all, listen. We can't be so tunnel visioned when we come in church. We can't be so singularly focused when we come in church that we don't understand that part of the reason why church exists, part of the reason why God made us a family is because there's always going to be in the family somebody that's good and somebody that's not. And what we going to do for the ones who ain't good? Are we just going to give them cliches? God's going to do it for you. Are we just going to name it and claim it? I decree and declare. Or are we going to do what Jesus said? And interestingly enough, in, in the parable, and it's the, you know, the, you know, the good Samaritan story I just read to you, what's interesting is the first two people that Jesus spoke about were people who went to church. The last one, wasn't somebody that went to church. So what Jesus was really doing in digging in was that he was proving or showing that it should not be people outside the church that show greater care and concern for people in the church. But people who have mercy, who have the gift of mercy, they see needs. They, they have compassion. They don't just say, Lord, have mercy. They don't just walk by and say, God, going to do it for you in three days. They actually find a way to help to meet the need. That's mercy. 
Because the truth of the matter is, you might be good today. But tomorrow's coming. And let me just offer this to you. If you are good, you better treat people right. Because when you ain't good, you will then see how you treated people when you were good. And if ain't nobody calling you when you ain't good, and if ain't nobody stopping by because you, when you ain't good, could it have been because you didn't do the same when you was good? We got three gifts today, y'all. We got encouragement. I can't remember the gifts no more, y'all. Y'all help me. What was the second one? Giving. My mind in the fog today, y'all. Y'all forgive me. We got encouragement. We got giving. And we have showing mercy. Not just having mercy. Showing mercy. Isn't that what Jesus did for us? Didn't he show mercy to us? He didn't just have it. He showed it by dying on the cross. All right. We done. Give God a clap off and a praise. Reverend Person, who you got today, sir? Hey, fam. Good morning to y'all. How's everybody? Uh, the gift of giving. Y'all, I'm great. You done forgot to, man. Look at this, man. What's going on around here? I ain't Incur got other gifts, so I don't <laughs> got it. Great message gonna give because I'm gonna give you two ladies, two of these fine sisters sitting in front of me. We're gonna talk to y'all about why they're here. But first off, let me shout out to Sister Ty, who last week helped coordinate all the volunteers. Yeah, give it up to Sister Ty. We had great turnout at, at our uh, annual Thanksgiving of feeding the community at Heritage. So we thank God for all of you who came out. But today, I am blessed to be standing behind two of the most educated folks that I know. You know, that's why I'm behind them, you know. I'm getting a little bit of this rub off on me. But I'm blessed to have uh, Mr. Jackie Ludy, who, who leads our Christian Education Department, as well as Dr. Felicia uh, Barnett, who, who is uh, launching a new ministry under Christian Education. So the two of them are going to talk to you for a few minutes today, tell you how you can get involved in the great things that they are doing. Mr. Jack will start us off with. Good morning, everyone. So with Christian Ed, we believe in love, grow, and serve. We love on you. We help you to grow as well as we serve and teach you how to serve. And we stand on the scripture of 2 Timothy 3, 16 to 17. All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. And so under Christian Ed, we have the tutoring ministry. We tutor every Wednesday at 5 o'clock, and we do it by appointment, so we would love to have your children. Please have them to email us, and we will definitely be there to help with tutoring in all subjects, all ages. We also have our scholarship ministry. 
we love uh, giving money. So uh, we have our scholarship ministry that will help you with getting more money for your uh, tuition and teach you how to actually be able to write scholarships when you apply to colleges. We have our cancer ministry. Um, they are actually helping with promoting cancer awareness, and we also work with the American Society, Cancer Society, and Relay for Life. We have our teacher training ministry, where we are actually helping people to learn how to teach during our discipleship classes and VBS. Uh, we definitely need support and leaders for Ivy Achievers and Graduate Sunday because this is where we actually recognize our students and all the great things that they are doing in school. As well as Graduate Sunday, we are actually recognizing all of our high school and college graduates. And if you are interested in any of these, please email christianed at ivybaptistchurch.org. And we have our new ministry coming, Ivy Educators, and we have the great Dr. Barnett that will be leading that. Good morning. I am Felicia Barnett, a proud member of Ivy Baptist Church, but I'm also a proud educator of over 30 years in Newport News Public Schools. <laughs> I am very, very excited to introduce to you Ivy Educators, a new ministry calling all educators who are members of Ivy Baptist Church. And it is our mission to not only support our schools in our local area, but also the families and students that they serve. So Pastor Swan and First Lady brought this vision forward and our Ivy educators are about to put it into action. We are thrilled and so excited to be able to organize some events that will support our families in the areas of topics that are important to you as you help your child be successful in school. So we have a variety of topics that we are ready to provide information about, including information about special education services and 504 plans, information about social emotional um, support for students, information about transitioning from kindergarten to elementary, from middle to high and post-secondary, information about guidance on when your child graduates, do I steer him or her towards college or career, and so much more. But we need your help. So after, after service today, um, if you stop by the MRT table and pick up a QR code, um, you'll see one of our committee members, Shantae Merritt Lawrence, and we are asking you just to take about three minutes to complete our survey so that we can best organize our efforts. We're also excited that we will, throughout the school year, organize a day of service in our schools where you can volunteer, as well as a time to recognize all of the educators and support staff that are here in our uh, church family. So as we stated earlier, it takes a village and educating our children is everybody's business. So we are excited to launch this ministry. We are calling on any educator here in our church family who'd like to join us in supporting our efforts. And we look forward to providing information to you on how you can continue to help your child be successful in school. Thank you. Amen. Give them both a hand clap of praise. Amen. 
So God is doing great things in this ministry, not just the ministries that we currently have, but as uh, God has saw fit to launch a new ministry. So I just want to continue to encourage you to see Minister Ludi and Dr. Barnett and MRT table immediately after service. Hey, God has really been blessing us. We are having a lot of people join. Now, don't, don't let that tell you, well, you're getting a lot of people, so I don't need to get involved. Yes, you do. You know why y'all need to get involved? Because I had some headsets on today. I shouldn't have to have headsets on today. There's enough folks here who will get engaged and can make this ministry work. So uh, I'm looking for you. I'm going to be standing back at the MRT table with you, with, with these two uh, uh, educators, and I hope to see you there. Uh, love you to life. God bless. And back to you, Pastor. All right, let's give them a clap off and a praise. Let's thank God for them. So don't forget also, Sister Foster, for the seniors' brunch on December 10th. Sign-ups start today. Let's all stand, please. If you want to give your heart to the Lord Jesus Christ or you want to partner with us in ministry, if you're watching us, you can text the at sign, join Ivy, send that to 81010 for salvation or for ministry partnership. If you're in the building, you want to accept Christ as your Lord and Savior, you saw what happens when you accept Christ. You're justified and you are declared not guilty. You get spiritual fruit. You get spiritual gifts. And you want to learn how to operate what God has given to you. We would love for you to join us. We will be standing here after service is over. Let's wave to those who are online. Bye-bye, y'all. Love y'all online. We'll see you soon. Join the men's ministry for breakfast with the Laugh Therapist on Saturday, November 19th at 9 a.m. here at Ivy. The cost is $10. You can pay by credit card on the app and website or after service with cash or check. Deadline is Wednesday, November 16th. Register on our website for Power Hour Fitness on Saturday, November 19th at 7.30 a.m. Work off a few calories before Thanksgiving. Ivy Family and Friends, it's Angel Tree Time. We are accepting application for Ivy families who need assistance. Deadline is November 30th. Please visit our website. If you want to be a donor, please fill out the online application for your specific child's information. Return gifts by Sunday, December 11th. On Saturday, November 26th, the Ivy Community Outreach will be hosting its first small business Saturday at Ivy Baptist Church from 11 to 2. We will have local small businesses sell their products. Small businesses, you can still register on our website to sell our goods and services on Small Business Saturday at Ivy. You must have a valid business license. If you have any questions, please email Ivy Community Outreach at gmail.com.
One thing that's true about Ivy is that we don't just love God, but we also love God's people and our community. We have started an initiative called Operation Bless the Community. And since we started it, we have raised almost $150,000. And all of the resources are going right back out into our community so our community and our families can be better. We're going to do it again this year. We want your support. Any donation of any amount that goes to Operation Bless the Community will go out into the communities that we serve to make our place better for everyone. We want everybody to win around here. So please, why don't you consider giving a donation to Operation Bless the Community? Any size, any amount, all of it will go toward blessing our community and helping those in need. We appreciate in advance your support. Come out and join us as we feed and serve the community for Thanksgiving. This Thursday, November 17th, 4 to 7 p.m. at Heritage High School, 5800 Marshall Ave, Newport News, Virginia. Join us as we love on our community.